one of the number one questions I get is, can I share what I have with others? Should I tell the world? Should I tell my family? Should I tell my friends? Should I tell my coworkers? Should I tell my boss? Should I tell my neighbors? Should I tell my mother-in-law? There's so much fear about telling, revealing. Hello, and thank you for joining our podcast, Hope to Recharge, a show that is designed to bring hope, inspiration, motivation, and some practical tips to those that are battling depression and anxiety, and to those that are supporting loved ones that are going through the journey in this difficult time of depression and anxiety. I'm here to tell you, you are not alone, and we will live beyond depression and anxiety. We will share our stories one story at a time in a world of mental health together is better. I'm your host, Matana. Thank you for tuning in. Hello, and thank you for tuning in again. Nice to see you all here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your follows. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your support. Every text, every subscription, Every single share, every single motivation helps me, helps me continue, motivates me to really get excited about this when it gets very overwhelming because podcasting can get overwhelming. It just gives me a little bit of a push when I need it and a lot of bit of inspiration to continue doing what I'm doing. So thank you for being with me here. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you for helping others and empowering others to heal or empowering yourself to heal. Today, I want to bring up a topic that many people ask me right off the bat when they first find out that I dealt with depression and anxiety and they're reaching out to see if I can help them when they're first coming to terms to revealing it. It's at the stage that they're suffering for a while they are almost sure that they have some kind of struggle with mental health. They're not 100% sure that they want to accept it, but they want to confirm with somebody that went through it that, is this what I have? Is it something that can be cured? Is it something that I can work on? And when will this agony end? So a lot of people reach out to me because I'm very open about my journey and I invite people to always come and ask me for any kinds of tips that I went through that can help maybe them or encourage them to go seek help. I think one of the number one questions I get is, can I share what I have with others? Should I tell the world? Should I tell my family? Should I tell my friends? Should I tell my co-workers? Should I tell my boss? Should I tell my neighbors? Should I tell my mother-in-law? There's so much fear about telling, revealing. What will people say about me afterwards? Will they change the way they approach me? Will they stop talking to me? Will they stop calling me? Will they stop sharing with me? Will they start looking at me like I'm a UFO? Will they invite me into their home? So this constant fear that comes up before we come to terms with mental health is something that I see with a lot of people that ask me about how to recover or how to start their journey to recover. 
I feel that this question needs to be addressed just because it's something that comes up almost every single conversation with somebody that I'm, I'm introduced to for the first time. And, and the question goes like this. Can I ask you a question? When you went through it, did you tell people right away? What was their reaction? Were you afraid? Did you lose people that you were close to? Am I going to pay for it in the long run? Am I naive to think that it's okay to share? I'm going to start with revealing and telling you how I approached it and my general approach for, for people. To answer the question, what I did, so maybe you call me naive, but straight off the beginning of my journey, I was very open about it. I was very eager to find answers and I was looking for a community that can support me through my journey because I realized that it's going to be a hard journey. So I was very open about it. And I was talking about it as if I had the flu or any other physical illness that I wouldn't be ashamed to share. Like I got allergies. That's literally how I approached it. I was talking about it. And what I got out of it was the hugest, warmest hug from the world. First of all, I got a ton of empathy, lots of, oh, I know I've been there too. Oh, I know my, my child is suffering. This is what we did to get help. Or, oh my God, I had that 10 years ago. It was hell. I'm here to help you. What do you need from me? The amount of support emotionally and physically and genuine tips. Do I go to a doctor for medication? What kind of doctor do I go? Do I go to a psychiatrist? Do I go to my local doctor? Do I go to therapy first? What do I do first? And by me speaking about it, I was able to tap into the answers that I had all the time. But by hearing others' journey, it gave me clarity of what worked for me. I believe that when we share what we're going through, we attract the right people to help us find the answers within ourselves and find the community that will support us through it. So once I shared, I also was able to call them when I couldn't get out of bed and say, hey, I can't do carpool. Can you go pick up my children? Or, hey, I'm having a horrible day. Do I need to call EMT? Or is this just a panic attack? Can you breathe with me? Can you help me through this? Can you buy me a milkshake? Help me swallow this and make sure that I'm eating today. You learn to lean on the people that are really going to help you to find recovery. I tell people another thing. What about the people that cannot support you? Or what about people that just can't take the ability of accepting that you're really suffering? Sometimes we have very close friends, neighbors, or family members that have a hard time accepting the fact that you are suffering because it impacts loved ones. So we need to learn not to share with those people anymore. So as much as we learn how to share and not to be afraid of it and not to have shame from it, we also learn very quickly who we should share with when we're going through the healing process or the actual depression. 
Who will be there for me? Who is good? Who will be good for me to share with? And it's a process, but I don't believe that there is anything that can happen tragedy, like a tragedy that will come out of sharing. If people will label you, so there will probably people that are not good for you. You're going to learn to put boundaries on the people that are good for you for this time in your life. You're going to learn to invite the right people to help you. You're going to also learn to, what should I share with certain people? How much should I share? There's going to be different levels of sharing. There's factual sharing, and then there's asking for support. But I want to elaborate on one point, that this question usually comes out when we're about to acknowledge that we are actually suffering with something that's bigger than us. And before we come to acknowledge and to accept the fact that we are really suffering with depression and anxiety or any kind of mental health, it will be hard to attract somebody to help us and sympathy and empathy. And I strongly feel that our attitude about how we look at this illness, this process, this healing, the mourning, the pain, whatever we project, if we're feeling like a victim, people will also receive that idea that you are a victim. If you're going to have empathy for yourself, so people that can help you will feel that empathy and will be able to give you that amount of support that you need. Now, there's another topic that I want to address. Sometimes loved ones, as much as they love us and they care for us, they cannot give us the proper support. And they're not evil and they're not bad and they're not mean. They're just not made for it. It is a very difficult emotional journey to deal with in general, and to take somebody that doesn't understand what our brain is going through and what our day-to-day struggle is like takes really a lot of strength. And not everybody has it. Not everybody has it within them to find that um, amount of energy that needs to be given to those that are suffering. It's not coming out of cruelty. It's not coming out of Um, denial is just coming out of ignorance and a lack of um, education about how to support. We will have some episodes coming up of how to support a loved one when you don't know what they're going through. I could tell you that my husband supported me like I, in my wildest dream, my wildest dreams, I don't think I could have ever supported him back if he ever, God forbid, had to go through depression and anxiety. I wouldn't, as much as I support people around me, and I'm very into supporting, when it hits home, when it hits somebody that's living with you day to day, and you need their support, and you need their energy to survive the day, it is very hard sometimes to give the proper support. I want to tell you, and I want to encourage you to understand that if someone's in your life that you are yearning for the support and they can't 
give it to you. First, explain to them on a simple way what would be the best way to give you support. If they can't, so stop asking from them because it's something, it's a language that they don't understand. It's a language that they are unable to connect to. And you might have to find either a therapist or a best friend or a mentor or a healer or some kind of a support group that will be able to fill that void that you're not getting from your loved one. It's something that we have to come to terms with. It's something that's hard to look in the eye and say, like, my, my loved one can't even support me. My best friend can't even support me. Yeah, sometimes they can't. And it doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just means that they don't understand what you're going through and they have no idea how to help you. So going back to the question, should you share? Yes. Should you be careful who you share it with? Yes. But only in order to protect yourself, not because you're going to lose out in the big time. You should protect yourself just to not get hurt further because sometimes people say things that are so hurtful and a little bit hard for us to deal with when we're in such a weak moment. But if we know the right people and we find their support, it is so refreshing and a breath of fresh air when you feel like you're suffocating. I want to talk about the time when I first came to realize, when I accepted the fact that I have mental illness, I accepted the fact that I had depression and anxiety. I came to terms, I labeled it, I said, I am suffering, and I had a a near and dear friend, have still till today, she's like a sister to me, her name is Mimi. Mimi is somebody that made such a space in her life for what I was going through, that she was a neighbor from a few blocks away, I was not very close to her at all at the time, our kids played here and there, I think, we prayed at the same synagogue, but it wasn't um, a tight relationship of friendship. And I don't remember how it came up. I really don't remember how it came up when I told her that I'm suffering with panic attacks and depression. She stepped up to the plate and she became my anchor. She was the one that made sure that I will get out of bed when I didn't want to get out of bed. She helped me physically. She would dress me She sometimes even motivated me to take a shower. You'll feel better. Come, let's go on a walk. Come, let's eat ice cream. Even if it's two bites, try to eat this banana. She would make me laugh. She would come into my room that was pitch dark, and she would say, let's go. Time to open the shades. Time to get some sunshine into our life. Let's get out of bed. Let's go for a roll. It was friends like Mimi, and Mimi was the anchor in my story of recovery. And she had such empathy. And the only reason I was able to accept her pushing me beyond my limits when I thought that I couldn't was because I really felt that she cared. She was doing it for my good. She was doing it because she understood my struggles. She saw it in my eyes. She saw it. She felt it in my energy. She knew how much I wanted to heal. And she said, I'm going to be there for you. You call me when you're having a bad day. And for the beginning, she used to show up at my room every single day. And I want to just elaborate on that, that it's not so easy to show up at somebody's room when they're sleeping. 
and to feel comfortable to just barge in. And I wouldn't recommend everybody doing that. But if you know Mimi, you know you can get away with that and you know that it's coming from a good place. But she really gave me the space and the permission to not be okay. And she gave me the motivation to seek help and the hope that I will get better one day. She really encouraged me to take one day at a time slowly. I used to go to her house when things got a little bit better. I used to go to her house. I would just sit there um, shaking my foot because I used to shake a lot from anxiety. And I used to shake my foot and she used to say, stop shaking and take another bite. And it made me giggle. It just put a little bit of uh, endorphins in my, in my body. Just the, the, the laughter. And, and, but she, at the same time, she was able to even cry with me when I was crying or when I was desperate to feel better. She, she was there to be able to hold my pain with me. Now, Mimi is an example that I believe that not many people have in their lives. And maybe if we have a 10% of a Mimi is also okay. And I'll forever be grateful and, and a life of gratitude to Mimi. I believe she saved my life. I really believe that she was the foundation. She gave me a platform to heal. And I believe that everybody has a little bit of a Mimi. We look around. Look around your life. Think of somebody. Everybody has someone, a little bit of someone that they can share some their story with and they can hopefully get some um, sympathy and hope from and guidance and empathy. And sharing is also liberating. Part of sharing and hearing us talk about it more, even when we tell it over, it gives us a sense of acceptance because we're fighting it. Do I really have this? Do I really have this? Do I want to have this? Is it something that I can actually overcome? Is it something that I'll ever live without? How long does this horrible thing stay? This is like a monster that overtook our body. And the more we talk about it, the more we accept it, and the more we come to center with it, and the more we look it in the eye and we say, Okay, we make the decision. Do I want to change? Do I want to be without this? Do I want to fight it? Because fighting it takes a lot of energy, a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of going deep digging into stuff that we don't want to look at that brought us to this place. I believe that a lot of depression and anxiety that comes not from birth that we're not born clinically depression with depression and anxiety is an outcome of of stuff that we went through through life. Now some people are stronger and weaker and each one has different ways their body reacts and I I strongly believe that when if we have an episode of depression and anxiety something broke that rhythm of keeping it all together and we couldn't take it anymore and whatever we're suppressing burst and now it manifests into depression and anxiety. That's my theory. Could be there are people that are very, uh, that disagree with me highly. It could be, but I found when I was looking deep inside, there was so much I needed to heal, even though I had a very good upbringing, a very quote unquote normal upbringing, loving family, supporting mother, supporting father, 
amazing brothers and sisters, an amazing husband, amazing friends, you would think, oh, what trauma can she have that will bring up depression and anxiety? What is she suppressing? And let me tell you, I suppressed a lot. So when we come to terms with the fact that we're actually dealing with depression and anxiety and we're sharing it with people, we are inviting ourselves to heal and to look ourselves in the eye and say, okay, we're going to do this one day at a time. We're going to conquer this. We're going to hopefully live a better life. We're going to go through the roller coaster. So I encourage each and every one of you, either if you're struggling on your own, to look for either a support online. There's so many groups online, so many Facebook groups. There's so many um, webinars you can, you can join, so many books that you can get tips of how to get support. A therapist, a healer, a mentor, a friend, a neighbor, a, a, a sister, brother, cousin, tap into your resources. Everybody has resources and they can find one person that can help them through the journey. And start with telling one, one person or two people or three people, but don't li live in the secret as a secret. Don't keep it a secret. If you want to not share it with a negative people that are not going to help you, yes, do not share it with people that you think are going to bring you down or discourage you or label you. They are not helpful. We need to stay away from them until we recover and then reassess if we want them back in our life. The people that we think that are going to be helpful for us, to us, invite them into your world, invite them into what you're going through. And I am telling you, you're going to see amazing results by support. You're going to see how many people actually out there have somebody, either themselves or somebody firsthand that they know that's close to them that is suffering, which is such an eye-opening in itself. Suddenly you don't feel like you're alone. The sense of community, the sense that a lot of people are going through this and you're not crazy and you can actually be a part of something that happens. And why you were chosen for that, I don't know. I don't know. We'll never know. But hopefully when you come to the um, understanding of the why, there's a sense of peace, which takes time. But when you find the huge variety of people that suffer and suddenly you see successful people that suffer and you see smart people that suffer and you see good friends that suddenly are going to tell you, oh, yeah, I also had that. I know exactly what you're feeling. You suddenly feel not alone. And that feeling of a lack of loneliness, that you're not dying in pain on your own, there's a reason why there's a saying together is better. Because no matter if you're together in happiness or together in pain, it's always better when you're with others. You gain from each other's strength. You gain from each other's empathy. So I encourage you to find somebody that you can share with, start sharing it, come, start to come to terms with the fact that it's really a thing and it's not only in your head. And look for that hope. Look for that article online. How many blogs are out there? Hundreds of thousands of blogs. And suddenly different things are going to open up for you to get clarity of how to gain a little bit more of um, wellness 
whether it's through medication, whether it's through therapy, whether it's through yoga, whether it's through walking or running or writing or art, it's going to come to you just because you're going to be out there talking to people. And I'm going to warn you, there are going to be people that are going to be very nasty and rude. So you're going to have to put your boundaries up and say, I am sorry. You don't have to tell them to the face, but you can put your boundaries up and say, these people are no longer good for me for now. And maybe we'll invite them back into our lives in the future. But the people that are mean and negative, you'll have to disconnect from them a little bit. And it's essential for healing, essential. And the loved ones that cannot support you, understand that they love you and they value you. It's just hard for them to see a loved one suffering. If they can support you, that's phenomenal. If you share with them and they can support you, that's phenomenal. And if not, try to find somebody else that could support you and come to terms with it. When you come to terms with it, the vibrations around you change. And suddenly, the empathy that you get from people change. I hope this gave you a little bit more of a sense of reassurance that it's allowed to share and it's okay to share and it's helpful to share. And just imagine a life without stigma around depression and anxiety. Can you imagine that it would be something like allergies that you can just share? How painful your sinuses feel when you're sneezing and you couldn't sleep at night because you couldn't breathe? Can you imagine a world that we can share our journey with depression and anxiety open and without judgment, just like no one judges us if we're allergic to peanuts? No one's saying, oh, she's allergic to peanuts. Don't be our friend. One person at a time, one story at a time, one journey at a time, one friend at a time, one spouse at a time, one child at a time. We can break the stigma around depression and anxiety and we can have a better life and we can live beyond it and we can improve on whatever we're going through because together is always better unless you need a little bit time off, I guess. That's a wrap. Find your Mimi. Who is your Mimi in your life? Who will be your Mimi? Who will be your savior? Who will give you hope? Who will cry with you? Who will be excited for you when you take the little steps to recovery? Who will dance with you? Who will be so happy to hear that you were able to, let's say, get off medication or not get off medication, that you found the right medication? Who will be that person that you call right away to tell them, guess what? I found an awesome therapist. Who will be that person that you call to say, guess what? I ran a mile today. Who's that person that you'll find? Who's that Mimi that you will find that you could say, guess what? I slept through the night without medication. Find the Mimi in your life. Find that person. I encourage you to share your story, to share the story with yourself, accept it with yourself. And together we can break the stigma. Thank you for helping me on this big mission on creating a space for depression and anxiety and for creating the courage to share. Thank you for joining us. See you next time. 
Thank you for joining us and taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. Please hit the subscribe button so you can hear further episodes. If you are listening to us on iTunes, please leave feedback and ratings below. Let us know if there's any topic that you would like to hear from us in the future. Bye till next time.